Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is a special bonus episode of 70mm, a podcast for film lovers. Normally, I sit down to talk about movies with my close personal friend and artist Danny Haas and our spiritual advisor and movie insider, Pert Alexis. But this episode, it's all about TV, specifically Stranger Things 4 streaming on Netflix. Now, we know nobody could fill the vegan shoes of the movie insider himself, but we needed someone to tag in for Proto, who had a deep knowledge and love for the Stranger Things universe, and that's the former producer of this very show, Ian DeBorha. We hope you dig this rare TV-focused episode of 70MM. First ever TV episode. Is that right, Danny? Have we ever done a TV episode in the history of the show? I mean, we have, but we can call this the big one. <laughs> what was the last one we did? We did um, Young Indiana Jones. Oh, that's right. God, it feels like a decade ago. It feels like an eternity ago. It was. You might have noticed that Proto's not here. Proto still has about 30 hours of Stranger Things to watch before he could be on a Stranger Things 4, season 4 <laughs> episode. So we called upon... Our former producer of this mm-hmm. very podcast, allegedly disgraced, mm. uh, now host of the Synonauts podcast, which traverses the Criterion Collection. Ian, welcome back. Slim, Danny, pleasure to be here. Mm. I've always said if I were ever to come back on the show, it'd have to be without Proto, so. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you were on the show, I checked the tapes. March 2020 arrival. Is that true? Yeah. Insane. God, what an app, huh? The Arrival app? You remember that? Great. I know. Every time someone joins the village, uh, 70mmpod.com, check it out. Uh, (laughs) Whenever someone puts in, like, Arrival as one of their favorite episodes, I'm like, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So you, before, just before, this is a bonus episode. This is a surprise drop. We felt we had to do a Stranger Things season four episode because of the feelings that we felt Mm. these these last few days. Um, So Ian has left us. Ian was a producer 120 episodes ago. Mm -hmm. He left onto Greener Pastures to host his own podcast, which by the way, Dale, our current producer, Emeritus, he was just on an episode of Synodons doing Wet Hot American Summer, for God's sake. <sighs> yes. One of my, all my top four of Letterboxd, also on Dale's top four on Letterboxd. And he and I basically hold hands throughout the whole episode. <laughs> uh, and Boom was there just along for the ride. But Boom also loved the movie, so that was good. I was a little nervous she was going to hate it. And then it would be me just like texting Dale on the side. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'll, I'll edit this out. I'll edit this out. <laughs> Uh, but none of that happened, which is always good. Danny, what do you think of that episode? <laughs> great episode. <laughs> it was a great the delay, the delayed answer. <laughs> have you ever seen that, Danny? I no, haven't. Right? That's why I haven't watched yeah. it or listened. No. I haven't, I haven't it. seen it. It's a Christmas morning movie watch. For yeah, Danny right, right. This year, that's what I hear. So we will stick to our normal format. This is a bonus episode. There's no BS. Ahead of the mm-hmm. show. No more bless, as Tim Heidecker says. Save your save your one-star Apple reviews for this one. <laughs> save it for this <laughs> one. Save it. So our normal format, usually 
we'll go through, each host has three things we want to call out about what we're discussing. And in this case, it's season four of Stranger Things. So if you haven't finished yet, shut it off, get out of here. And I think, you know, normally we have Proto give a synopsis, but I feel like it's probably not right for anyone to give a synopsis without Proto, right? Maybe we should honor Agreed. him Agreed. by yeah. not giving a synopsis. Mm. Can you imagine if I gave one our DMs what they would look like? Oh Furious. It'd be a disaster. He would not be happy. He would just be passively aggressively <laughs> trolling you in the five yeah. discords that we're all a part of. <laughs> Multi-stream aggression. He'd be like Vecna in all the discords just attacking me with his eyes shut his looking ten, through. His, his discord tendrils would just be named the different servers. So, okay, so this is the entire season four of Stranger Things we're going to talk about. Um, and we have been s discussing it in various forms, but not really like in a, in a large way. So let's start with Danny. You know, mm. first of all, the art is insane. The art for yeah. this episode. Oh, oh my God. Uh, all timer. Mm -hmm. um, what's your history with Stranger Things? Do you watch this with the fan? Were you anticipating the season? Um, my well, my history with Stranger Things is I believe the first season I was I was working and all the whole family was out of town. Kids were out of town. Casey was out with them. So when it dropped, I got off work at like five ish. Ordered a large cheese pizza just for myself, and I mm. binged the entire first season in one sitting till like <sighs> four or five a.m. Because no one Come was on there now. to stop me. No one was there to stop me. And from <laughs> then pizza on, pizza sure wasn't. No, no, but <laughs> no um, apex that night. No apex. This has to be pre apex, right? First stranger yeah, yeah, things for sure. For sure. Um, and then since then I've been hooked. Um, first season, second season, third season was arguably my favorite season of television the mall for a season. long time. The mall season. Love that season. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey watched with me and up until this fourth season, Olive decided to take the plunge. So we binged the entire season coming up, leading up to season four. Um, and then she watched season four with me and it was magic. Mm. Ian, what about you? Do you remember way back when those years ago? Yeah, I remember like the original teaser trailer where it was literally just like the art of the like the opening credits with the music and then that was it they didn't do an official trailer or none that i saw <clears throat> and so it had it, been on my list for a long time and then when it finally came out um tara and i like i think we saw some buzz on twitter was not on my twitter mute list tm yet uh <laughs> but it was on there and uh so i was like hey, we ought to check it out we watch it i think we binged the whole thing like also in like a day or two which uh and honestly I, I'm I'm banking on the fact that they're gonna they're gonna land the ending for season five, but I would put this in like my top three shows. My God, all time! Mm -hmm. I, my God, honestly, all, off there. the bat, he's claiming I'll top go, three all time. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like I'm I have that much faith in the Duffer brothers, the Duffer uh, brothers, to, to take us home. My favorite part about Ian's illustrious Twitter mute list, you know, he <laughs> blocks all you know social media hype vi virality in his Twitter mute list. <laughs> And yet somehow he's always the one to bring in a tweet or a story about something <laughs> into our discourse that's like on his mute list. He's like, oh, I just came across this somehow. You know, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. T Tara will send me articles because Tara also has the same uh, anti-Twitter hype or anti-Twitter uh, mentality type things, but she doesn't use Twitter mute words. So she'll text me things. And so I have to mute Tara 
when these shows come out. Tara is on your life mute list. Your own wife. Oh my God. I was trying to think back to season one. You know, this, you know, was this one of the earliest ones that just dropped everything? Like at the first season? Right? It was still pretty early on in that kind of like Netflix thing. No, because like House of Cards did that. This was like... This was, yeah, this was super early. This was like their second temple after mm-hmm. House of Cards. So, yeah. Yeah. And I remember like the buzz being very Amblin, you know, which oh, I'm sure yeah. Danny's eyebrows went up. Mm-hmm. You know, this looks like young kids, sci fi ish stuff. I'm all in. Yes. I remember really loving the first season. The first time I watched the second season, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a bit too long. Um, and the third season was the big time. That's when it looked yeah. like they got all the money mm-hmm. and everything looked awesome. And on so my family and I, Amanda and James, well, maybe mainly Amanda and I, did a full rewatch, <laughs> we watch, <laughs> a full rewatch ahead of four in anticipation. And I actually liked season two more this time around. Yeah. So I'm not as hard mm. on season two. I've liked all the seasons. Like, I think, I don't think there's been a bad season. There was a bad story arc. I think that was season two where they go to Chicago or Eleven goes to Chicago. The sisters and, yeah. Yeah, and like, they've never brought it up again. So obviously they felt the same way. And if you look at, (laughs) if you look at um, a movie ratings website, that shall not be named. If you go on like episode listings, it's all Mm. like eights and nines. And then the Chicago storyline is just like, yeah, Yeah. everyone loves, yeah, everyone brings up that, that storyline. It's not great. So season four, I think I did eventually give in and watch the trailer, and I loved how it felt like the like the Nightmare on Elm Street homage was going to be like mm-hmm. the hardcore thing this season, and like a being in charge of potentially everything in the upside down. Like hell yes, and mm-hmm. also like I got Hellraiser vibes too, like mm-hmm. from the trailer. So we binged the first part all in one day. Like I had a man like you, you got to make Gosh. sure that you're taking off. On Jesus. Friday, like we're Excuse watching me. this. I think we finished oh, like at midnight, night one. Matthew, can you uh, stop listening to the stream? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so then part two had come out. So James didn't really watch the first part with us, but he went to his cousins and watched everything and then became like enraptured with it. So we all watched the final two episodes together and we were all just sitting there. So can I say something real quick? For James, can you imagine being his age, going to your cousins, binging Stranger Things? Like, that's the dream. Like, that's a, that's, that's, that's a big memory. That's a formative memory. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so true. Jealous of that. It's like us, what you know, watching the Return of the Jedi on VHS or something at our buddy's house. Like that. That'll be hopefully that'll now. be his thing. Come on now. Crazy. So, <laughs> I might go there, okay? So, Danny, what's your number one for Stranger Things 4? I would say my number one, my favorite thing out of this whole this whole uh, season was the story arc with Max. I, <sighs> on top of Sadie's performance as well. Oh. I feel like, and I didn't realize how much of a background she has. I think with... Uh, Broadway, right? Ian, mm-hmm. would you know? I think you would know more about that. Yeah, she was a stage actress. So was um, Caleb and Dustin. I can't remember Dustin's real name, but um, those three, I think, have stage backgrounds. Definitely Dustin. Like he was in like Lame Is when he was a kid and stuff, like, or when he was yeah, younger. Yeah, I've seen him say. sing and perform and stuff yeah. before. But so Sadie and her performance of Max and that 
story arc of hers grieving Billy um, all the way to the end with her giving, like allowing Vecna to penetrate her mind again, possess her to sacrifice herself uh, as a way to defeat him. I, I, I was kind of floored every episode that she was in, especially the um, Billy's episode or where I forget the title of it. Um, the yeah, like episode Billy's four story or yeah. Yeah. Billy something. Um, when we really focus in on her with her grieving, writing her letters, uh, sitting at the the tomb or the the graveside of Billy, and then being taken mm-hmm. to Vecna's altar, and the whole segment of that with oh Kate God. Bush's running up a hill, like you really felt the storytelling, the performance, and just the budget of this show and that whole episode. It it looked incredible, performed incredible, and I just I I honestly hope Sadie gets a lot of the accolades. <laughs> on Emmy, the Oscar, but yes, yeah. the, I the mean, film awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, for her, she's my number one this season. She mm-hmm. was incredible. I loved every second of her performance. Yeah. I really hope Netflix campaigns the shit out of mm-hmm. her for this. Like yeah. she was incredible. Like everyone is really good. Like I was, I was talking to Tara about this. Like, I don't think I've seen a show with this many child actors and they've all like held up through five seasons, you know, I mean, 4.5 seasons or whatever, like that's insane. But Sadie as Max was on another level, like wasn't overdone. And like, you felt everything like the way she looked at, you know, uh, it was just incredible. Everything. Mm -hmm. She was so good. Even her storyline with Lucas himself. And they're like Mm -hmm. a strange kind of relationship Mm -hmm. uh, felt great too. Like that was well-performed, well-written, simple, nothing crazy because you're dealing with high school kids and and high school relationship drama. So it was really well done. Yeah. You were mentioning like how they got so lucky with all these actors, child actors becoming great actors I just watched Boyhood, which had some of the worst child acting <laughs> in the history of film. So I, I needed like a refresher. So this, just talking about these kids is really warming my heart. But, but back, she's also one of my top three. Her storyline, her depression, mm-hmm. and that, and they kind of like it didn't become a major thing later in the season. But Vecna leaning into the kids that had issues oh and killing gosh. those kids. Like the messed up kids, the kids that were depressed, the kids that have like real problems at home and spotlighting them. I loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. so cool. And I love the, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street homages, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, her, that, that episode four, I think it's Billy's Letter, I think is the title. Mm, yeah, yeah, Letter, yeah. Um, or episode five, whatever that's called. But the, that, that like quick shot of all her memories, her happy memories, when <sighs> oh it was gosh. first happening- I was an effing mess. I thought she was dead. Like, yeah. and then like she started remembering and then she got free and the music played. I was like, is this the greatest moment in the history of television? <laughs> like not yes. even going to lie. It's mm-hmm. so incredible. And then, so that whole stuff is like absolutely legendary. Her first near death episode absolutely blew my mind. I mean, her near death ending as well. I mean, that ending yeah. where you think, like when Lucas breaks her Walkman, she can't hear her music. Oh my God, he starts snapping out. her bones. I, I mean, I think we all set up and we're like, no, no, no. And like this yeah. is, there's yeah. no way she's made it this long and this is how she's going to go out. And then to even put her in a coma 
or or, mm-hmm. or uh, her fourth death opening the portals. Like that's wild, like so mm-hmm. wild for Eleven to also come back and somehow save her. I, we don't even know yet how that worked. Didn't matter. Obvious homage to the Matrix with Trinity and Neo. <laughs> I was I was going for Which some Rise I of Skywalker. Love. Like we'll get it we'll get into the ending, but I was just a sobbing. Oh my mess. god, could you imagine if it was just L in Max's ear saying Rise Max, rise. <laughs> and then Billy, Billy, rise, rise Max. Oh Barb, rise. <laughs> yeah, there was I I did see some theories that like the the Barb Barb might return in the next season because all hell's gonna break loose. Who knows? Who knows? Ian, what's your number one? It was also a max, so I'll just dive to the specifically the uh, the the graveyard where she's that shot that Danny fucking masterfully put as mm-hmm. the artwork for this episode. That shot was just incredible. Like when the when the three boys fall over and like they're looking up at her, like oh my god, that was seriously seriously unreal. Yeah, and then like kind of <clears throat> you know tagging on what you said, Slim, about like how it talks about depression and all that sort of stuff like and how they make it important that you know kids are not good about talking about their feelings often and like the way they kind of wove that through the whole storyline and you know people on twitter were complaining that my mute list is unmuted after four days like or three days okay it's fine uh we're saying that like will you know will and mike weren't communicating enough i'm like well you know teenage especially teenage boys you know, they don't talk about their feelings like, you know, so the way that's like kind of woven throughout the whole thing, obviously, you know, capstone with Max versus Vecna in all these mm. sorts of things. It was was inc- incredible. So, so cool to see. And I really like that they take, you know, talking about depression and, and mental issues in a way that kids will watch it and not have it be so like melodramatic. Like I never watched that show, but um, what 10 reasons why 12, 13 reasons why. You know, I, did not I think I want to watch that. Yeah, I don't want to watch it either. But heavy. you know, also about yeah. like you know teenage child like depression. But I think the way they do it here just works mm-hmm. perfectly and is easy to digest and understand. Right. If Letterbox had TV oh. for Stranger Things, like my review oh. would have been Disney wishes, mm-hmm. Disney yeah. effing. Yeah wishes mm-hmm. how do we get the duffer brothers in charge of anything star wars related <laughs> oh my god like my god everyone I, at star wars lucasum should have been fired the day <laughs> that this season finished <laughs> out the door put the gate <laughs> close the gates put the close sign up for like reconstruction it's over like they, they they set the bar it's insane to me how well done this was um and it just blew my mind i just had a vision when I was when I finished the season, like Disney execs, they're all in some text thread or some Slack group, <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck? Like, like how, how like <clears throat> how can they honestly?" And again, I was like an Obi Wan apologist, Stan, simp apologist, especially compared to these two. Uh, Proto <laughs> liked it a little bit, I think, from what yeah, I understand. You loved it. You really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit, but obviously there were issues across the way, but like, how can they watch Obi-Wan, which is their, one of their tentpole shows of the year and be like, yeah, this is close. You know, like it's, <laughs> right. it's completely mind blowing. And then, you know, next month they're going to make $3 billion off whatever movie is about to come out. And they don't put it into like something that is monthly 
subscribers and like monthly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people paying you. I don't know. It's 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 crazy. I don't yeah. know how they could walk in with a their heads held high at all down there. <laughs> I like bank. the idea that Disney execs are like using Discord. <laughs> 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 I was really thinking about the fact that I wonder if my viewing, because I didn't wa- I didn't binge this fourth season. I wonder if my viewing as I compl- as I watched it, like a serial of Stranger Things, really affected my viewing of Obi Wan. If they were separate times, would I feel mm. as strongly? Because I'm watching, I watched both side by side. And it was night and day. I mean, we talked about, I talked about on our episode, like it was just night and day watching an episode of Obi-Wan and then going to an episode of Stranger Things was like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Watching an episode of Obi-Wan then going to watch an episode of like Reno 911, it's like night and day too in terms of production value. So (laughs) Reno, my God. Uh, Danny, what's your number two for Stranger Things 4? Number two for me was... Henry, the actor, uh, the performance, and I can't think of his name right now. I should have written it down. But Vecna, that storyline, when they went mm. to uh, the Arizona, Utah, wherever they were, that bunker, Nina, when she's in doing the, you know, in the water, going through her memories and the story with her and and Henry, what I thought mm. was really well done and incredible. And I'm piggybacking on that kind of storyline is the young L with the, the de-aged face I thought was mm-hmm. incredibly done as well. And I liked how they didn't use that as a crutch and like, not a crutch, but didn't um, have the full time she was in Nina be kid L because of how that would, I don't know, the, the, the little kid face wouldn't last the entire storyline. So cutting back to her, her actual age was very smart. And then that whole storyline with Henry and her uh, kind of blew my mind. I, I loved that connection, the two of them. Jamie Campbell Bauer, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I always, uh, during our binge watch, I kept thinking back because the, the show opens with like all those mangled bodies from her. Like, <laughs> I wonder clinical, if you were going to shut it off. Kid gore. <laughs> there was a lot. Wait, was... Episode one, season one opens with that? No, episode also? one, season uh, four. Uh, yeah, okay. Like, remember, sure, yeah. The camera's just like moving forward. Everyone's got right. those arms. So when oh. Vecna starts doing it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Something's, mm-hmm. something's cooking here. Like, were all those bodies, were they all like bent like that? Mm-hmm. So later when they're getting real close to their backstory, you can really see that, yes, they were mangled the same way. And you're like, oh, okay. Something's cooking here. Again, the CG, the de-aging young face, I don't like... Mm-hmm. They're making it look great. Other shows, perhaps not. Uh, (laughs) Well, to give Disney a little bone here, uh, they're de-aging Mark Hamill like 80 years. And they're they're still using Mark Hamill in that forest. Why did they still use Mark in the forest with Rosario? Please. Let's say that that segment also, uh, I loved how for a while we thought that it was 11 that had murdered all those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great kind of, cause you, you kind of want that story to be fully told. And I mean, it takes a long time to get to the finale <laughs> of this season. Um, but I, I love that, that kind of trickery that we're sitting here thinking, what yeah. like the, the dad, the Papa saying, what have you done? You keep seeing that clip of him and Papa. genius. Papa. Uh, yeah. I kind of cringe every time she says Papa. It's just like, can we just stop? 
Please Burger stop. King. Why does she talk like a five-year-old in certain scenes, like but e. then she talks like a regular adult? I don't know. That was the one thing I couldn't e. It's like a, it's like a, what's it called? Like a, what is it, Stockholm syndrome, right? Where like when they get traumatized, they revert back to something else. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the, the term is? We're not, we're not doctors again. I need you to look that up. Don't, yeah, you need to delete that. <laughs> not a if, doctor. Uh, that's incredibly Dr. offensive. Dr. Ian yeah. and his Twitter mute list. Uh, back at it again. <laughs> yeah, Vecna was, was killer. I mean, all the villains of Stranger Things have just been off the charts good. I mean, every single mm-hmm. one has been awesome. And I got a little nervous with Vecna that it was going to be like kind of a Billy rehash. You know, right. how it's like a the the not a monster per se, but like a normal kid or whatever. And it's kind of around there. But they pivoted so far off it. Like, I didn't even think about that after like mm-hmm. an episode or two. But it was so so cool because part of me I was even like oh this is Vecna is going to be Billy but the way like they dripped it out and sort of revealed it was going to be Henry or number one or whatever it just worked it it worked perfect to perfection like mm-hmm. how they integrate with like you know Papa or whatever you know uh, he wanted uh, Henry <laughs> he wanted Henry to to be the you know the the what the person I don't know did they have a name for like the superhuman they're trying to create whatever and then uh, it goes the to one. L and they compete back and forth. I mean, just all the things they set up to like be this like rising set of events and then how it climaxes at the end where he's like, you did it this time. Like you really right. screwed the pooch for killing me again. Like, it, I don't know. They're just, they think, they clearly think about their things all the way through. And you can't say that about a lot of shows, especially shows that are like genre shows because genre shows can lean on the fact like, well, you know, it's, in ancient, you know, it's in Arthurian time. So X, Y, Z things could explain this, but they take the time to explain all these things that really don't like, don't require explanation, but it's, they do it and it makes everyone happier and so much better. 11. I'm back. (laughs) 11. How about, how about Vecna being a full prosthetic makeup job on that guy? Yeah. Oh, the, the, the time-lapse that he put up of him drinking <sighs> Starbucks while getting the makeup on over eight hours is incredible. Yeah. Like incredible stuff. I you, I, you would have, I honestly would have been like 30 million episode. Yeah, this is a CG character. It has to be, right? It's where the budget is, but full on suit. Mm. Insane. Yeah. Unreal. What's your number two, Ian? <clears throat> My number two uh, is the Master of Puppets sequence. Eddie as a whole, but the Master of Puppets sequence. <sighs> I hadn't. I didn't watch any of the trailers, and I, from what I understand, they showed a part of that without the music, but like in the trailer, they showed Eddie on top of the mm-hmm. uh, the, the RV when they go on there, and he, you know, they were getting the most metal concert ever. You know, they kind of showed that thing with Iron Maiden, so I was like, oh, they'll do an Iron Maiden song, and I kind of, you know, I was like, oh, Black Sabbath, they could probably do, but when he hits the, bam, 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 I was like, oh, oh. I became Max <laughs> off of the couch. I was elevating off of the couch and it was incredible. I, I just everything about that. Like, I think that that's like going to be one of the best uses of music in any like movie show, whatever, ever like, and just Eddie as a whole, like him and Dustin was incredible. Just his character of not being like accepted in the town was amazing uh, and again, I was like, oh, here's another like Billy rehash. And it's not a Billy rehash. Like he's completely different and has different issues and like all this sort of stuff. And, and then the, the real gut punch at the end was like, you think his uncle is a piece of shit, which I, I guess he, he could be in however many ways. 
but like his uncle was so sad he didn't get to be like see Eddie again and when he was putting up the posters he was like I don't care what anyone says like he was a good kid and he has a moment with Dustin just like you know they just write these characters who are like loners and losers which is like you know the, the crux of the show of these kids and their D&D group like the way they weave in these these season one season characters is unmatched it's 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 masterful like i can't even imagine like how many other shows have tried doing one season character arcs that have faltered and fallied and mm. every single one from season mm. 1 like barb who like was kind of a meme but people really cared about barb right and then Sean Astin and and billy and now um you know uh and, and now eddie it's like unbelievable i mm-hmm. it's everything they just need to mm-hmm. teach classes about how they're able to write these characters and make you care about them so quickly yeah uh, so good and yeah. i love for me i love a good redemption arc story and mm-hmm. for him to not not even like the town seeing him as the villain but him seeing himself as a coward and not running from the fight and standing up to the bats and <sighs> and just the, taking the bike out, the shield, the bat, and then just standing there fighting him off until his death. I mean, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff for for you. And I agree. And to have one season of a character for you to care about him after seven episodes or eight episodes, wherever we're at nine, and to have that to to actually give a damn that he's dead. I mean, it's such a it's such a a test to their writing of this season. Yeah. And feel like you're miss you're gonna miss him too, right? right? Like you can do a sad death, but what's Dustin gonna do? That was his boy, you know. Like you don't even think about Dustin and Steve. Mm-hmm. It's like Dustin and Eddie, you know. And like the real stakes in losing characters. One thing I love about them leaning so hard into D and D is people with D and D knowledge at the end of the season are like, "Oh, this is what's gonna happen to Eddie. Like he's not he's not gone. Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a whole D and D story of." this vampiric right-hand man of Vecna and who was... Excuse me. Oh, have you not seen any of this? Excuse me. There's, I forget the name. It's like Kaz, K-A-S. And there was a a, a guy, uh, he was killed by bats, turned into a vampire and became like the right hand of Vecna. And, uh, but ends up, somehow getting this mystical sword, which looks exactly like what Hopper wielded at the end of his battle and defeats and defeats Vecna. Like, so it's almost like that's like real D and D storytelling. So this could be another piece of Eddie's story arc coming into season five. Got to tell James, Eddie was his favorite character. It's a great character. Yeah. He was not pleased. Yeah. Olive was not pleased either. She, she cried at his death. Oh, I also loved it. I think like it, at, he, when he was dying, he's like, I didn't run this time. Mm. I, I didn't run away. Yeah. She didn't run up that so hill. Good. So good. My number two, I'll drift into like the runtime. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I remember when they announced this show, it's had a bunch of <laughs> yeah. episodes and then they were going to say like the final two episodes are like movie length. And everyone was like WTF. Right. With that said, I thought it was amazing. Like the way that they, they had a 90 minute, you know, second to last episode and then what, two and a half hours, <laughs> two hour final yeah. episode. And I didn't feel the runtime like at all. I know some people were kind of bummed about the Russian stuff. James, my son, especially, he like literally like was like Millhouse watching the itchy and scratchy meme. He's every time they went to Russia, he's like, oh, get back to Eddie. <laughs> so I, I, I thought it all worked, especially the final episode where they tie up all the loose ends mm. 
like everything gets so much room mm-hmm. to breathe uh, and setting up, you know, the final season. I mean, so much room to breathe to the point where like, I forgot that Hopper was going to reunite with Eleven. Mm. Like as soon as they get back to the house, like the cabin, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh my God, Hopper. Right. Hopper. And then I'm just like, like the last 45 minutes, I was just crying nonstop. <laughs> so then when Hopper like walks in, I'm like, oh my God. Because remember his letter, mm-hmm. that when she read that letter at the end of that mm-hmm. last season, holy smokes, mm-hmm. what a perfect ending. And then they get to reunite. Oh my God. I was just so blown away with their usage of time. I've been pretty critical of like, Who's that one hard director, Mike Flanagan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does like all the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he does not make the use of time on the Netflix prestige shows that I appreciate. Whereas this really made use of the time. Mm-hmm. Like there, it didn't feel like it dragged. Everyone got a moment in the sun, no dead air. And it's just a perfect setup for the final season. Like the final season is going to be the greatest moment of our lives. Yeah, I feel I know. like, right? Are we packing up all of our families? And watching it together as one. <laughs> every family gets two pauses an episode. Every episode, every family gets two pauses an episode. So I mean, even like the, the setup that we're talking about at Redemption, but like Max potentially coming back. Like, I don't know what the plan is. They're, everyone's saying rumors of a time shift or whatever, but like potentially Max having a redemption arc mm-hmm. of sorts, like a second chance, a third chance in the final <sighs> season. Like, I am going to die watching mm-hmm. the final season. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I'm, I'm on team Russia storyline. Wasn't that great? I, I I liked it. I think it could have been a bottle episode because it just felt like they were just like kind of throwing it in whenever they like needed some time. And I really like didn't care for too much of it, but the finale stuff was cool. I, I didn't like uh, freak out over, about the sword. I was mostly like, why is there a sword like in this place type thing? But um, the the payoff with Hopper was great. You're right. I also forgot like, hey, they haven't seen each other. Um, but I agree. Like, Abby agrees. <laughs> Abby, please. <laughs> Abby, lo- Abby loved the sword. But the way like they kind of teased out, you know, Hopper when he like was faking being an alcoholic and all this sort of stuff, I thought that was super clever. But my only complaint is that, and it's super nitpicky, but there's no way that Russia and Indiana are at night at the same time. And assuming that <laughs> final battle sequence was happening concurrently, it's not possible. That would have had to be either Listen, the 80s were a crazy time. You don't yeah. know what was going on in the 80s. <laughs> it was wild. I love the sword. The sword scene, I like another emotional putty moment for me when that sword is there and he looks down and the music is playing. Yeah. Like the, the, the second music, time yeah. running up the hill comes in, it's game over for me. <laughs> game over i really thought i was gonna get tired of that song too but man every time i hear it i still kind of jam out to it mm-hmm. they yeah. only really used it twice really like i the, mean yeah you hear it over her, her earphones once in a while but yeah they really only mm-hmm. blared out a couple times but for me when uh worlds or uh what's it, the journey song kicks in that mm-hmm. song i mean the 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 needle drops in this in this season were Drink. all perfect yeah. Uh, so we're we're running out of time. We're recording this for for disclosure. We're recording this. Danny's on vacation. Ian's about to get on a flight in minutes. We're recording this episode. Uh, Danny, what's your number three for Stranger Things four? We've kind of gone through them. Number three for me would be, um, I guess, I guess just the Duffer Brothers. Really, I I, mm. I can't get over from 
and the world building that they were able to do between season one till now, like everything felt kind of contained to Hawkins and Indiana and even leading up through season three. But with this dealing with Russia and dealing with um, the final rip and rift into the upside down coming into Indiana, this now feels like massive on a bigger scale, on a global scale. Like this is now has the attention of not just local news and like weird things going on in Hawkins. Like this is, this is a, they call it an earthquake. Like this is big Mm -hmm. time. And I, I can't get over how the Duffers have managed to continue to write an engaging story that can almost feel rehashed time and time again. Like, oh, here comes Eleven using her power, saving things. But somehow they've, she felt like almost on the back burner a little bit as far as like in front of the story this time. And she, they have allowed other characters to shine, which I feel is like a big deal after we've now dealt four seasons of what feels like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't. Yeah. They're very obviously, you know, all the kids and everyone in the cast is much more famous from when they started, but the way they utilize like Millie Bobby Brown's time and they use like Hopper's, what whatever his name mm-hmm. is, Hopper's time, because he's in like MCU now and all that sort of stuff, was done really, really well. Like you could you couldn't feel that they obviously had like weird shooting schedules because were their other projects, but they were able to write it so well to like make everything feel cohesive. So yeah, the, again, Duff Brothers just mm-hmm. knocking out of the park. Ian, final point. Uh, kind of similar to Danny, I was going to say consistency is like the mm. thing. It's extremely hard to find television that can keep it up like this. Uh, obviously, famously, Excuse Game me. of Thrones completely, <laughs> Game of Thrones completely screwed the pooch in those last couple seasons. Mm. Um, but the Duffers and Netflix are just very smart in the way they are writing the show and not overdoing it. You know, they're keeping it strict, like eight episodes, like they're long, obviously, but they're not trying to push it to keep people watching for another month and make it like 12 episodes, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just consistency. And I am really, really cannot, like, I, I have no doubt in my mind, they're going to completely nail the ending of, right. of season five. And they haven't even announced the date. I don't think they finished writing it, right? From from what I read. No, they like haven't even started writing. Oh my God. I, I know they have the roadmap till the end and they said that they have like the right. final 20 minutes of the show written. So they have like a way to stick the landing, but they're on, I think they weren't even going to start working on it until like August. <sighs> okay, so we'll see you guys in eight years. Another <laughs> pandemic. My final point, it'll be the same pandemic. My final point is calling out Will's character. I there are so many amazing scenes with Noah playing Will. The mm-hmm. car scene in, in particular, turning and crying out the window. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother, when his brother mm-hmm. is telling oh. him like I'm here for you, you know, not really alluding to him knowing anything, but like just you can talk to me and him and Will like losing it in front of his brother, you know, trying to hold it together that his brother telling him he's there for him no matter what, no matter what's in your mind. Um and just in general, like Will being back in Hawkins, I started to get chills just thinking about Will back in Hawkins. Like, oh my, you guys are so effed. Will is effed. Everyone is screwed. He's Vecna's going to try to get Will, and I'm like, I'm I'm getting nervous. You know, Will's in a fragile state as it is, so he's he's so susceptible to mm-hmm. Vecna, his powers. My my fan theory for the finale or final season is that I think Will's going to like 
be he's going to choose to stay in the upside down and like rule it as like a good leader. Like they mm. use the, that archetype is kind of used in fantasy and, and sci-fi a lot. And I feel like he's just not of this earth anymore since season one. Like at the end of season one, he's still seeing things like at this. He's still saying he's, he can feel Vecna, even though Vecna never really like engaged with him at all. Um, and I feel like the whole thing is just leading, you know, everyone else is sort of moving on without me. I'm going to bring the upside down into this new era or something. That's very far-fetched, but that is my TM, 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 far-fetched fan theory. <laughs> Danny, uh, honorable mentions and mystical letterbox rating that does not exist or is uh, available right let's now? Let's see, honorable mentions. Uh, I will I will die for Steve. Uh, he's oh. He's his continued story arc and his way to stay alive. I, I love him. I love uh, his performances. Uh, Mind-blowing moment when uh, I love the idea that when Eleven finds out Vecna's using Max's mind to attack and she mm-hmm. goes into Vecna's or Max's mind to protect her. I think like that's hurting my brain. Like when Argyle was trying to exp- like say it out loud, what they were about to do. Like, yes, that's how I felt like, Oh, Holy shit. This is amazing. Uh, five stars this season. Um, this, uh, this is easily skyrocketed stranger things to maybe my favorite show of all time. Oh, it really has. I mean, it checks, I mean, already checks on the boxes of things. I love eighties kids adventure sci-fi like this is some of my favorite types of storytelling so it was already there but after this season it's easily top tier mm-hmm. unreal uh, honorable mentions is the way the duffers made you think at least four people were gonna die they don't kill any of them and it doesn't bother you like <laughs> the last hour of the finale they're like all the pairings are all having their like moments in which most shows, these are their final words to each other. And so Tara and I were like gripping the couch, be like, well, I guess we're saying bye to, you know, Steve's gone, Dustin's gone, Max is gone, whatever, all these sorts of things. And they don't do any of it. And it doesn't bother you. Like it, 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 I'm more happy that we're going to get all of them for the final season, at least for however many, you know, to make it through the end. Um, So that is an honorable mention. Second honorable mention, shout out pineapple pizza. If you (laughs) do not knock it, until you rock it. Um, I, I have pineapple pizza muted on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> Stick fit ass. Um, and then, yeah, five stars. I mean, that's not even a question. Silly mm-hmm. you're even asking. <laughs> also, Letterbox. Letterbox, if you're listening, if you if if TV comes, Stranger Things, uh, you, you can use this information. You can use this idea for free. Make the page upside down. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Letterbox does not He's claim so any proud other. of himself. <laughs> he is so proud of himself right now. Matthew, I hope you stopped listening before he said that so that you can claim that it's your idea or that it was no one's idea. Uh, so yes, I five stars, six stars. It, it should be six stars. Let's get a six star on there. God, the upside down heart. I mean, there's so many cool ideas you could do on a Letterbox page when TV hits, if it hits. I just feel like we're we're so lucky to have grown up with mm-hmm. Amblin stuff, Star yeah. Wars, Goonies, and now we get to experience something that is just as good, mm-hmm. if not better, question mm-hmm. mark, with our own kids. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just something that we probably won't really be able to like, you know, think about for years to come, but so amazing. I loved Will yelling to Eleven to fight 
I love that stuff. And she finally does the music. My God. Um, Real. So good. Some of the, like, I haven't really said anything negative except for making fun of Eleven's voice and Papa. Papa. Um, Some of the Vecna dialogue towards the end was a little repetitive. Like at the onset, like, Mm. you know, some of his stuff was kind of like cool, but then like he just kept saying the same thing over and over again. Like, give him some new material. Um, Please. He hasn't (laughs) talked to someone in however many years. Give him a break. (laughs) <laughs> the end the, it's the beginning of the end he said that like a hundred times in the last like two episodes we get it Vecna get some new material please but yeah five stars incredible uh, they nailed it and hopefully they nailed the final season you know in ten years whenever it comes out mm. you see um, Duffer's doing their own upside down studios or whatever yeah and they're Production they're doing company. the talisman the Stephen King I did book. read they're doing the talisman yeah, I had yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. anything about the talisman I will point they're, out they're that James it. saw yeah. the book in the show, he's like, wait a minute. That's the logo for... And I was like, uh-uh, puppy. <laughs> but I have not read The Talisman. I just know that it's a thing that they took the logo mm-hmm. font mark kerneling stop. from. Just stop. <laughs> That's popcorn. <laughs> All right. So, Ian, welcome back after two years. Maybe it'll be another two years welcome before back. you come on. Right? Who knows? We'll see. You, you you really want to come on for a certain movie. Do we want to talk about, maybe mention just mention in passing what that movie might be that you want to come back on for? We should just see if the villagers even want it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to want this. Would Can anyone I? want, let us know in Discord if you would want Ian back on in the future for an episode on Interstellar, Christopher oh. Nolan's sci-fi movie. Yes. Let let I don't even know how that came up. I think Danny and I were gushing about it and he, we were fighting gushing. either you or Proto. And Not Proto. We were fighting Matt. We were fighting Matt. I, I, I was trying I to give lo- a 50-50, okay? I was- <laughs> <laughs> it was Maybe it's time for revisit in 4K, you know? Oh, I have oh it, and it is... <sighs> Those wheat fields? Speaking you know? of Papa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. Bonus episode. We're, we're running out of tape. Check out the Synonauts. I'll have an episode, uh, a link in the episode notes. Check out Danny's beautiful art. Danny, thank you for making time for this special bonus episode. Of course. For Stranger Things. We'll see everybody next time. Seventy Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, You can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast.